From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature. Real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Megan Fury. Five years ago, I packed up my blue Toyota Corolla and drove all the way from Southern California to Laramie, Wyoming, to intern on a podcast called Human Nature. And it changed my life. It kicked off my career in public media. I started not knowing how to record a phone call, and now I train other interns. But of all the roles I've held in public radio, and it's a lot, human nature has always held a special place in my heart. The podcast went on hiatus almost two years ago, and at the time, nobody knew if it would come back. People moved and took other jobs, myself included. But when Wyoming Public Media called and asked me to take the reins and bring the show back, I couldn't say no. I just love this podcast. And I knew the first story I wanted to tell. It's one I remember following while I was in college in Southern California. So without further ado, this time on Human Nature, an alligator named Reggie takes Los Angeles by storm and becomes a celebrity. He was about as viral as you could be in a pre-social media age. People were selling like snacks and t-shirts. There was really kind of like a circus atmosphere about it. I knew I wanted to tell Reggie's story, but I didn't know where to start. So I called my mom. Hey, mom. Hey. So do you remember following the Reggie the alligator story? I absolutely do. Uh, what do you remember about it? I remember the sightings of many people wanting to get a glimpse of, of this very famous alligator that had really captivated uh, the hearts of Angelinos. I do have to love that only in Los Angeles could an alligator <laughs> become an actual Hollywood celebrity. Indeed. I, I just don't know if that would happen anywhere else. I think that's part of the charm of Los Angeles. My mom mentioned she had recently read an article about Reggie in the Los Angeles Times. So I looked it up, and then I called the author. This is Corinne. Corinne Pertill is a science and medicine reporter for the LA Times. But like me, she's also a Reggie fan. I will happily just talk about this alligator for as long as you like. Corinne wanted to do an article on Reggie, a kind of retrospective on LA's first and only celebrity alligator. She knows this story inside and out. And she's going to help me tell it. But first, let's go back to 2005. That year, a little show called The Office premiered in America. Gwen Stefani taught us how to spell bananas. The average price of gas in the U.S. was $2.34 a gallon. Social media was in its infancy. And a then-unknown site called YouTube was created. It was also the year residents in the Harbor City neighborhood of Los Angeles noticed something odd. Rumors started circulating that an alligator was living in Lake Machado. It's a big lake in the middle of the city. People fish there, walk their dogs. Apparently it's a good spot for bird lovers. But it's not a place anyone should see an alligator. Alligators aren't native to California. So when people started reporting sightings, it was hard to believe. 
you know, this was like pre-iPhone, it was pre-social media and camera phones. You know, you could say you saw an alligator, but like nobody has any proof. That kind of sounds like a crazy thing because this park really is like right in the middle of the city. It was like seeing Bigfoot. Nobody was quite sure what they saw. At the time, Lake Machado was pretty overgrown and swampy. The water wasn't clear, so it was hard to know exactly what was under the surface. But then... One day, people are just kind of like hanging out. Joggers are jogging and families are having their picnics and stuff. This alligator just crawled out of the lake and started sunning itself. It was very undeniably an alligator. The rumors were true. There was an alligator loose in Los Angeles, and not a baby alligator. This one looked about six feet long. So the big question was, now what? The city immediately built a fence around the perimeter to make sure that the gator couldn't get out and people could not get close to it. And then nobody was really sure, nobody was really sure what to do. It wasn't really a problem LA city officials were prepared to deal with. This was California not Florida. Nobody knew where Reggie came from, but he was here, and they had to deal with it. Oh, and if you're wondering how Reggie got his name, we'll get to that a little later. City officials had another problem. Word had gotten out, and now everyone in Southern California wanted to catch a glimpse of the alligator in Lake Machado. People started showing up in the hundreds. Crowds gathered every day, hoping to spot LA's newest celebrity. They brought picnic baskets, lawn chairs, and blankets. People threw food over the fence in hopes of luring him out. But Reggie was shy and elusive, which in classic Hollywood fashion just made him more popular. He was about as viral as you could be in a pre-social media age. People were selling like snacks and t-shirts. There was really kind of like a circus atmosphere about it. It was chaos. It's kind of hard to understate what a big story this was at the time, at least locally. Personally, I never went to the lake to try and spot Reggie, but my mom and I followed the story closely. And it was hard not to. Everyone was talking about it. And a lot of people thought Reggie should just be allowed to stay in Lake Machado. But that wasn't a very realistic option. Eventually, someone was going to get hurt. So city officials did the only thing they could think of. They called a gator wrangler. His name's Jay Young, and he lives in Colorado. So they were all kind of in a panic. So they called me and asked me if I could go out there. And I was like, yeah, I can uh, load up my equipment and drive out there and be there, you know, in a day or two. And they're like, no, it's an emergency. You got to fly out right away. Jay owns and operates Colorado Gators. It's a reptile rescue and tourist attraction. It's even the home of another celebrity alligator named Morris. He had roles in movies like Happy Gilmore, Blues Brothers 2000, and Interview with the Vampire. Jay's dad started Colorado Gators in the 80s, so Jay's been around reptiles his whole life. We kept caiman as pets. They're South American crocodilians. Got my first bite from one of those when I was five. Jay travels all over the country rescuing reptiles, from pythons to venomous snakes, tortoises, iguanas, and of course, alligators. 
Jay had two free days in his schedule to try and nab Reggie, and he thought it would be a piece of cake until he got to Lake Machado. It was like looking for a needle in a haystack. It was like a 50-acre lake covered with floating vegetation, so you could be five feet away from him and not know it. The situation favored Reggie. He had plenty of food available, and the lake is massive. He could thrive and hide pretty easily. On top of that, the crowds were making things difficult, because while alligators are dangerous predators, they're also shy. They tend to avoid people as much as possible, and there's a a lot of commotion. It was madness. There was thousands of people out there watching and TV cameras and helicopters. It was nuts. Of course, there was reporters 24-7 and like, aren't you afraid he's going to attack you? I was like, I wish he would. That'd make him really easy to catch. Good times. Jay only got close to Reggie once. When I first saw him and came out of some floating vegetation, wading through the pond, you know, and, and he was a few feet away and I started going towards him and he's like, oh, that's... That's not right. And he went underwater and swam away. And uh, that's what they do. And that was that. Jay had to get back home. Incredibly, that was the closest anyone would come to Reggie for a long time. But not for lack of trying. Jay offered to come back and give it another go. But the city didn't want to wait. So they called a team in from the wildlife park Gatorland in Orlando, Florida. Jay again. The guys from Florida didn't even see him, I think, for three and a half weeks because he already knew he was being chased. Reggie had now evaded two teams of professional gator wranglers, and the public loved it. Here's Corinne Pertil again. People were on the side of the alligator. He wasn't hurting anybody. He didn't seem to be suffering or hurting. And it was kind of delightful watching this alligator outwit, you know, team after team of professional alligator wranglers, all of whom later said that this was the only alligator who has ever gotten away from their rescue attempt. Reggie's story went national and then international. Eventually, news of California's most famous alligator made it all the way to Australia, where Steve Irwin got wind of it. That's right, Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. For anyone who doesn't know, Steve Irwin was an Australian zookeeper, conservationist, and TV personality in the late 90s and early 2000s. He had a show called The Crocodile Hunter, and he was known for handling the world's most dangerous reptiles. So it was a big deal. If anyone could snag Reggie, it was Steve. He and a team from his show traveled to L.A. to scout the area, and they were all set to come back and film an episode. But sadly, that didn't happen. Steve died in 2006, shortly after his visit to California. He was killed by a stingray while filming a documentary. Steve was a hero to many, including myself, and the world lost a true wildlife warrior that day. It's hard not to wonder what might have happened in a showdown between Reggie and Steve, but I guess we'll never know. In the meantime, Reggie kept doing his thing. As the chaos continued at Lake Machado, police received an anonymous tip. It led them to the homes of two men, Corinne Pertil. When the police came in, they both had extensive kind of home zoos. Both men confessed to dumping Reggie in the lake. One of them had gotten an alligator at the baby. 
when the alligator got too big, they probably panicked a little bit and looked for a place to dispose it. Unfortunately, that's not an uncommon story. It's disturbingly easy to get a baby alligator. You can just buy them online. And baby alligators are cute, but they grow up. And most people don't have the means to care for a full-grown alligator, so they often get dumped in the wild. And while they may be easy to get, owning an alligator in California is very illegal, and the state takes it seriously. Both men were arrested and charged. But they did give police a very important piece of information. They had named the alligator Reggie. An alligator can recognize its name, like a dog. So authorities went with it. The crowds at Lake Machado now had a name for their celebrity gator. But as Reggie Mania was in full swing, winter came and Reggie disappeared. When temperatures drop, so does an alligator's metabolism. They eat less and move less. They tend to spend this time sheltering on land or underwater. Reggie chose the latter. And for months, there were no more Reggie sightings. The crowds dispersed. There were no more t-shirts or tamales being sold around the lake. And the press had nothing to report on. Things essentially went back to normal. But then on May 24th, 2007, Reggie crawled out of the water to sun himself on a bank. He was back. News of Reggie's return spread fast. The LA Zoo's reptile curator raced to the lake and met animal control officers and a few park employees. Since he was on land, they knew it was their best shot at catching him. So they scaled the fence and cornered Reggie. They secured his head with a dog-catching pole and pinned him to the ground. He was understandably frightened and agitated. But the team carefully held him down, wrapped his jaw with duct tape, and covered his eyes with a t-shirt. It had taken almost two years, but Reggie, the celebrity gator, had finally been captured. The team carried Reggie to a van and drove him to his new home, Corinne Pertil very classic L.A. style, did a police-led caravan to the L.A. Zoo with news helicopters trailing them the whole way. Once Reggie was safely at the zoo, a team did a full wellness check, and Reggie passed with flying colors. He was a healthy seven-and-a-half-foot male gator. A few months later, Reggie made his first public appearance in his new enclosure. There are moments when they weren't going to keep Reggie, and I said, no, Reggie is our gator. We've worked too hard. We love this guy. He knows us. We want him in the L.A. Zoo. That city councilwoman, Janice Hahn, introducing Reggie to his adoring fans. So I think he'll be happy here. He's got luxury suite. He's got a luxury suite. It's absolutely gorgeous. Well, thank you all for being. It's a great ending to a great story. Reggie the alligator will live in infamy here at the LA Zoo. All of the attention was a bit much for Reggie. 
He slipped into his pond and hid behind a rock. Reggie was not one for the spotlight. On his sixth day of living at the L.A. Zoo, Reggie escaped. Zookeepers are making their rounds in the morning before the zoo opens with the public, and they look, and Reggie's enclosure is empty. L.A.'s wiliest reptile had done it again. Workers frantically searched for Reggie, hoping to find him before the zoo opened. Fortunately, it's a lot easier to track an alligator on land than in a lake. And they were able to track the trail of tail drag marks and footprints to a loading dock about 500 yards away. Reggie was just having a rest in the shade. Crisis averted. Apparently, Reggie managed to scale a four-foot fence in his enclosure, one that workers say he shouldn't have been able to climb. The only explanation was that it was August and it was hot. Reptiles are cold-blooded, so the hotter it gets, the stronger and more active they get. And he came to the fence and he climbed up and just kept going and was able to get out and make a second glorious run for it. The L.A. Zoo installed a taller fence, and Reggie has remained behind it ever since. In 2010, the zoo introduced Reggie to a female gator named Cajun Kate, hoping the two would get along. They didn't. Reggie tried to kill her, and she was moved to a sanctuary in Florida. Adult alligators are very territorial, especially ones not raised together. But all was not lost, because six years later, Reggie met Tina. Tina is an American alligator that had outgrown her enclosure at a nearby humane society. It wasn't quite love at first sight. Both she and Reggie were fairly aggressive at first, but they weren't trying to kill each other. So that was something. After a few months, the pair relaxed, and by spring of 2017, they really seemed to like each other. Today, they are inseparable and Reggie hisses at anyone who comes too close to Tina. It's kind of cute, and I should know. I went to visit the happy couple. Reggie and Tina are one of the first animals you see when you enter the zoo. They have a pond, lots of trees, and a waterfall. Reggie isn't quite the celebrity he used to be, but he still draws a crowd. Most visitors didn't seem to know Reggie's backstory. A lot of people called him a crocodile. Hey, crocodile! There's a plaque in front of his enclosure that tells his story. A few people stopped to read it before moving on to other exhibits. As I stood there staring at this alligator that had dominated so much of my time and attention over the last few months, I was struck by just how normal he was. I mean, for an alligator. Right there, you see? But of course he was. Reggie never asked for any of this. He was just doing what alligators have been doing for millions of years, surviving. The American alligator has been around since the time of the dinosaurs, and fossils show they haven't evolved much. They haven't really needed to. 
They're apex predators. There are thousands of ways Reggie's story could have ended, most of them bad. Reggie could have hurt someone or someone's pet. He could have been hurt or gotten sick. It's not often a story of an alligator being dumped in the middle of suburbia gets a happy ending, but this one did. It made Reggie a folk hero, and he was easy to root for. Reggie has settled into his new life nicely. He's now about 8 feet long and 250 pounds. Zoo officials estimate he's just over 30 years old, and he could live another 50 years in captivity. And while Reggie is about as normal as alligators come, he also isn't. There's not many alligators that have multiple children's books and songs written about them. There's a cafe named after him at the zoo. People made t-shirts and stuffed animals. A local community college adopted him as their mascot and even held the very first Reggie 5K in his honor this year. I mean, that's amazing. For a few years, Reggie captured the attention of thousands of people just by being himself. So I'd say he's pretty special, even if he doesn't know it. Our storytellers today were Corinne Pertil, Jay Young, and me. A big thank you to Sean Hiller for granting me permission to use the audio from videos he shot of Reggie being introduced at the zoo. The song you're listening to right now is Reggie Alligator by Lisa Haley and the Zydecats. Lisa Haley is a rock star in every sense of the word. I want to give a special thanks to my mom for appearing on this episode and loving animals as much as I do. Thank you to my dad for braving LA traffic with me to see Reggie in person. And thank you to my husband, who now knows more about alligators than he ever wanted to. For photos from this episode, follow Human Nature on social media. We're Human Nature Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, we're Human Nature Pod, and I'm at Megs to Riches. All letters, no numbers. And if you liked what you heard, tell someone. Word of mouth is our best advertisement. I'm Megan Fury. This episode was produced by me with help from Greg Ronco, Ivy Engel, Charles Fournier, Ryan Kelly, Luke Boring, and Stephen Carroll. Our theme song is by Kata Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media.